Good morning, GPSers. I am glad that you are back with us for another week of the GPS podcast. I say good morning because it is a gorgeous Sunday morning right now when I am recording this. I am looking out on my backyard and I can see the sun is shining, trees are blowing in the wind, green leaves are beginning to sprout on branches. Flowers are beginning to open up and these beautiful white and red blooms. It's a gorgeous morning and I hope it finds you well. And in light of what I'm looking at around me this morning, I wanted to to share one thought and one reflection from Genesis 1 and 2 that we didn't get a chance to discuss in class, but it is one that has been important to me not just over the last several months as we've been heading through this study, but also in light of these recent events of being at home more, being away from people, being challenged by this virus and the uncertainty of it. And there's this insight from Genesis 1 and 2 that I have found helpful, kind of a guidepost for me in this season that I want to offer to you as well. So this is what we read at the beginning of Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Now, this word good is one that you're probably familiar with when you think of Genesis chapter 1, because the refrain of this opening song of creation, the chorus of the song, so to speak, is this expression, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good, and God saw that it was good. This word good gets used a total of seven times in the opening chapter of the Bible. And the word's really important there because it's this Hebrew word tov, T-O-V, and it's a word that communicates the idea of beautiful or pleasing. And so what we're told is that in this creation of the world, the thing that holds it together, the the glue that God continues to notice that shapes and forms and holds what He's creating together is this beautiful, pleasing nature to creation. And so everything that we encounter and experience in these opening pages of Scripture, in this opening song of Scripture, is good. It is tov. It is beautiful and pleasing what God is creating. But what's really interesting about this word is it also gets used in Genesis chapter 2. And in the very next chapter, where it gets used and the way it gets used has been this helpful insight for me in light of the season in which we find ourselves. If you see in verse 2, what you'll read is a kind of a zoomed-in account of day 6 of creation. And we're told that as God is creating, God creates man, and He breathes life into the first 
human, and this human becomes a living being. And then in verse 8, And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so we're told that this Garden of Eden, this place where man is placed, this home for humanity, is a place filled with pleasure and goodness. That the garden is a good home for humans. Now, that's probably not a surprise to you. That's probably something you've heard before because when we think of the Garden of Eden, we often think of good. We think of it as this harmonious, beautiful, pleasurable, good place. But if you keep reading right after that verse... Into verse 10, we're told something else about creation that we shouldn't miss. And we're told something else about goodness that we shouldn't miss. Starting in chapter 2, verse 10. A river flows out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it divides and becomes four branches. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. Bedellum and onyx stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one that flows around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Tigris, which flows east of Assyria. And the fourth river is the Euphrates. Now, aside from creating some tongue twisters, the point of this short passage, these few verses, verses 10 through 14, is to explain to the reader about what is happening beyond the garden, to give us a little bit of insight about what else is happening in this created order. And in verse 11, what we're told is is that one of the rivers of the four that flow out of Eden, out of the garden, is this river called Pishon. And we're told that this one flows around the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. The gold of that land is good is Tov. In other words, we're told that there is something outside of the garden that is also pleasing and beautiful and praiseworthy and good. There is goodness within the garden. There is good and beauty and pleasing things within the garden. And there is good and pleasing and beautiful things outside of the garden. So why does that matter? It matters because so often when I have been taught about Genesis 3, the next chapter that we'll read, the chapter that is 
well known for being the moment where the man and the woman who are created rebel. They mistrust. They misdirect their love. And in that act of rebellion, they are driven out of the garden. And and I was always taught that with Genesis 3, everything changes. And all of those good and beautiful and pleasurable things that they got to experience in the garden are no longer able to be experienced because they've been driven out of the garden. Because I was always taught that that the things that were good and pleasing and beautiful were in the Garden of Eden, but not outside of the Garden of Eden. But that's not true. Uh, We are told that there is still goodness beyond the Garden. And so even though Adam and Eve will be driven out of the garden, and even though the relationship between God and each other and creation will be changed in significant ways, that doesn't mean that goodness and beauty and pleasure are gone. Even though they're driven away from their home into this new setting, this new Context, this new situation that they have to navigate and learn to exist within. Even in that new context, there is still goodness and beauty and pleasure. Now, the reason why that has been an important guidepost for me and how I read Scripture is because it has reminded me that this Creator God who created this good creation and this good garden and this generous and blessed posture towards humans, even though they rebel, even though they're driven away, even though there are consequences to their actions, God is still generous and good to them beyond the garden because there is still goodness and generosity and beauty beyond the garden. But this is also an important insight for me, not just in how I read Scripture, but also in how I read my own life and how I think about my day-to-day existence. That it's important for me, especially in this season of this coronavirus, when it feels like there are new stories every day that are tragic, when it feels like levels of anxiety are especially high, when it feels like it's so easy to get tunnel visioned into what is challenging and chaotic and uncertain about this time, that we can get so tunnel visioned into those things that we can forget all of the other dimensions of our life, all of the other aspects of our existence. We can read our lives the same way that I used to read Genesis 3, and that is is I can get tunnel visioned in on all of the challenges, all of the tragedies, all of the things that aren't right with the world. And I can completely miss that there are still good and beautiful and tove-worthy things that I experience if I'm willing and ready to look for them. 
And so, yes, I have been trying to grieve these tragedies. I've been trying to let myself feel anxiety and uncertainty. I have tried to be honest about those days where things feel a bit chaotic and uncertain. And I've also been trying to cultivate the practice of paying attention to the good things in my life. I've also been trying to make note of all of the gracious, beautiful, pleasing things that I get to experience on a day-to-day basis. The warmth of a sunny spring afternoon, a a a cool evening sitting on a back patio feeling the breeze blow through your hair, the taste of a fresh and juicy orange to start the day, the, the warmth of holding a child or a spouse and knowing that there is a deep connection of love in that person, trying to keep my eyes open to all of these good, beautiful Tove-worthy things about my life. Yes, we can tunnel vision into the tragic, and we should grieve tragedy. We should feel anxiety. We should admit and be honest that some days we feel overwhelmed. But we can also know that even beyond the garden, even beyond our true intended home, God still gives us, grants us, graces us with so many good and beautiful things. I want us to, to try to notice those. I would encourage you to try to write those things down. As my wife always says, Three to five things at the end of the day that you're grateful for really does make a difference. That practice has made a difference in my life in recent months. And it's created in me this this rhythm and this attentiveness and this set of lenses to look at the world that I am so grateful that I've been cultivating over the last few months because in the last few weeks it's been such important Important, such an important posture for me to make sure to take on a little bit every day. And so I would hope and encourage you and pray that you would also pay attention. Pay attention to those good and beautiful and, and glorious moments that, that we're all getting to experience, but that sometimes we just forget to look for them. So this week, feel your feels, (laughs) because you have them, and I do too. But also, don't forget to see and notice and pay attention to the good and beautiful things, people, and moments that God is gracing us with. I hope you have a great week. A good week, and we'll see you back here next time.